0: Welcome to the Successful Survivors Podcast. Okay, this is our second episode. We still don't really know what we're doing, but we're going to try to do our best. This is by survivors. Everybody here has survived childhood trauma, and we are specifically here for survivors of childhood trauma. No matter what your childhood trauma was, it was hard for you. And we want you to know we see you and we hear you and we are here for you. We are your tribe. So today, Don Wendell is going to lead us and we're going to talk about stuff that uh, sometimes we don't admit it, but we all have this particular thing. So we today have Dawn Wendell, we have Diana Mosher, we have Amber Jewel, LMSW, look at those initials after her name, she works super hard to get them, so I'm going to respect them. And your host, I'm Rhonda Shortino. So Dawn, take it away. Hello, I'm so excited. Um, this
1: is, even though I don't have any initials after my name, but I love this kind of stuff. Um talking about triggers and trauma and (laughs) and learning how to work through them, right? Um, And I'm 43, so I've been doing it, well, I would have to say my first part of that was I just ignored it, right? That was my coping skill. But over the last three years, I've been really doing the hard work to um, be self-aware, be able to identify my triggers, and to be able to cope. Um, through those and if I don't how to cope to figure out what I need to do to cope through them so, um, I was wanted to start out with having Amber because I was looking as I was preparing today I was like I need to have a definition of what trauma I'm going to say trauma triggers but we're going to look at also being activated um, and my one friend I was telling her about the podcast because she watched it last time and she said I like being activated because it's something that can be deactivated, right? Mm -hmm. So when you do a trigger, you can't take that back. Like it's there, it's gone. So it's, It's already happening. You can't, you know, take it back. But if you're being activated, you can deactivate. So I wanted to ask Amber if she can kind of maybe just do the being activated. I don't know. I guess, however you feel, either being trauma trigger um, activated and self-awareness definitions of those, if you would, please.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, it kind of activates me in a good way, you know, to hear you talk about these things because because they are really important and there is a. um, connotation that it's a negative thing. This is one of the skills that we have as trauma survivors is being very, very well aware of things and uh, having good senses. And so I actually really, really love that. And we get to use it as an advantage. So when we talk about activated and using that word, which is more of a welcoming word, I think, and it doesn't have that negative connotation. What we're talking about is maybe when our heart is racing Maybe when our chest is tight, your body's tense, uh, and you just feel very, very alert. Some call it like hyper alert and aware of things around us. But then we use the word triggered, like something triggered us. And there's actually a little bit of a difference. When we're triggered about something, we can have all of those physiological, physical responses. But triggered usually has an association with something of our past, which we all have a past, right? Right. And especially those of us who are in this group um, and listening to this podcast, we have a traumatic past. And so there's something that's given us this activated response, and it specifically relates to our past. And it could even be something we don't know what it is. We don't consciously know what it is, but we feel it. And that can be a lot of things. And the way we feel is very, very real. Um, so hopefully, that gives you a little bit of an idea, Don, of what you were thinking. Um, and then all of that, just understanding what activated or triggered is. And the word you were asking about would be self-awareness. Doing that is all a part of self-awareness. Being aware... Of ourselves and how we're feeling our thoughts and our emotions, how they interrelate. But here's a really, really cool thing that I love about um, self-awareness is you have to remember that self-awareness is how we think, how we feel our emotions in relation to who we are to the core. Do they relate to who we are at the deepest part of us? So it's just kind of cool when you think of that as self-aware. Because we've had a lot of tough stuff that we might feel different ways about, making sure that that's who we want to be, or being aware of maybe it's activated or triggered, and I don't want that anymore. How do I become aware of it and manage it? So that's what I got for that, because those are really big science, researchy stuff. So in the simple world, they're big feelings because of big things, and we need to be aware so we can manage them.
1: I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, what I thought maybe we could do, and I can I can go first to kind of give an example. Um, I wanted to talk about things that we as us in this group, and maybe those online can maybe do it for themselves since they're not on the podcasts. But thinking of those things that we have already identified because of the trauma that we've been through, that we already have de- can identify. And what we do to work through it. So that's kind of a layout of that. If we if we get to all of it, I, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of my thought process. So um, what I have noticed, um, like I said, in the very recent years here, that anything new, anything new, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I am activated immediately. It's a default for me, and so to to get myself prepared for newness or t- new change or transition or a challenge, I say, okay, you know what? This is going to be a little challenging and it might be a little hard, but I've already done that. I've already done that. And, and what did I do when I did that? How did I get through it the, the last time? And maybe it wasn't very good, <laughs> but that's also something that we can learn from, right? So if we don't prepare, then we um then we're then we're just stuck. We're just continuing to do what we what we've always done. But if we prepare and say, okay, I know I did it this way, I'm gonna try it a different way because it, it wasn't working last time. Last time I just isolated and cried and I didn't share with anybody and I didn't ask for help, right? Um, so now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna call a friend and be like, hey, this is new and I'm scared. <laughs> And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And so they remind me, hey, Don, you've already been doing this. And, you know, um, I'm a faith person. So I'm praying. I'm asking God to to fill me with his peace and his presence and his calm, because I'm not calm. <laughs> and I've also noticed as well is that I already have a baseline of anxiety. So I've got to work on that as well. And that is part, and part of that anxiety. um, has come from childhood abuse as far as like sexual, physical, emotional um, abuse through literally my whole life. And so having that and having, you know, just not knowing and feeling and having people tell me what to do and then trying to make my own decisions, hello. I can't do that. What, what, what they think I'm a functional adult. I look like one, but well, let me tell you inside. I'm not so sure, but I am, I am that person because God has called me and he's helping me do that. Um, last thing I want to kind of share is a, another example. I just recently, like literally in the last year learned that I, I, I always knew I didn't have a sense of safety and I was like, why don't I feel safe? Like, I feel safe at home. I know my home is safe. All the doors are locked. All the windows are locked because I locked them. And my door to my bedroom is locked because I locked it. Like, why don't I feel safe? And I learned that my birth mom used to run away from my birth dad when he was abusive to her domestic violence, right? And would she said, we would just I would grab you guys and we would run to the um, aunt and uncle's. Well, babies don't know. They can't, you know, say, "Oh, there's something happening," but they can sense it, right? They can sense the feeling of fear, of terror, of of unknown, of like just out of control. And I was like, "Hmm, that makes a lot of sense." Why I don't have a sense of safety. So I've been working on my sense of safety. It's, it's taken a little longer, but I'm getting there. I'm getting. I'm, when I feel that, I'm like, "No, I'm safe. That isn't happening anymore." And I can kind of identify it and work through it. So. I'm going to quit talking because I'll just keep going, but
3: thank you, Don. That was amazing. I wrote, I wrote notes. So if you guys are watching me on this podcast and you happen to see my head down, this probably can't see, Oh, I'm taking notes. So I, I'm a note taker. Um, I loved the being activated and deactivated Deact. I've never ever thought of it that way. So that was really, that was really inspiring for me actually. So I wrote that down cause that was huge. Um, and then the other thing, um, being self-aware and managed, we always get all these great nuggets from you, Amber, all the time. Um. So I wrote down today and kind of preparing for the triggers, right? So I'm trying to look back on triggers because for the last 11 years, I've worked really, really hard, you know, my whole life, right? But the last 11 years, I've kind of had the opportunity to be in a relationship with someone who is incredibly calm. (laughs) Like the home is like quiet, which is so difficult for me. You know, I'm used to chaos. I'm used to having loud, I'm used to slamming doors and, you know, things like that and just being scared. That's how my dad was, you know? Um, That's, you know, unfortunately, uh, during a lot of times of my last relationship, it was like slamming doors a lot and, and yelling and, you know, that kind of thing. So Things that trigger me are loss of control, feeling stressed out, like super stressed out with with absolutely no way to handle that, no control. Whether it's monetary, so it's money, whether it's physical, whether I'm sick or injured or whatever, um, something. Then it always goes back to safety, of course. But when I feel stressed out, my my initial. Um, response is to freeze and do nothing. Like I freeze, I sit in a, in a space. I want to go hide in a closet and I just want to just cry. Like I literally will just cry. So I've learned over the last 11 years that things don't ha- like slamming doors. The wind could blow a door slam. Now I'm instantly like this triggered though. Like it brings me back be- for two seconds and I go, oh, I know where I'm at, you know, and then if, it, but it's immediate now where I just calm down immediately because I've trained myself that I'm okay here. I'm safe here. There's nobody who's going to yell at me here. There's nobody who's going to hurt me here. I'm good. But that loss of control feeling, and I've had to do that. Um, Another trigger, this is interesting. I love football. I'm a sports fan. I love me some football, but When Dallas Cowboys play Philadelphia Eagles and they do it every year, that triggers me. Here's why. Because my dad, the very man who hurt me growing up, one of the people, he passed away during Monday Night Football. We had a party and I was six months pregnant with Adam. And I get the call. And all I remember on this call is that dad had a heart attack. Um, I had my brother-in-law, who is a paramedic at the time with us at, at our party. I had him um, call the doctor and all he wrote down was V fib. And I'm like, okay, dad's not here. Heart just, yeah, he's not here. So we immediately shut the party down and we go. But the, the point is that Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles, the every single year, that is a trigger for me. And it, it makes me feel, you know, it makes me feel that certain way where I feel sadness. And it's that one's still a hard one to get get past. Um, but, you know, but I'm working on that one. Um, the other one I wrote down that I thought was interesting was um, camping. Because as a child, we used to camp. That was my favorite memory in the world. And also my one of the, the most difficult ones because my dad was volatile. He was an alcoholic, so there would be, you know, he'd want to take photos of all of us as a family while we're camping for four. Well, we're camping for three weeks, and maybe there's four days we didn't shower. You know, as a 13 year old girl, you're like got the hair and the, you know, it's all greasy and you don't look great. And you're, you know, you're 13. You want to look great, so you. I have
2: no idea what you're talking about.
3: (laughs) you know. So, I have bad, I have good and bad, bad memories of camping, but how I got over that was me and my sister now, every year we go to Kings Canyon. We go camping, we have the most fun. It has changed those memories. And anytime that something triggers me, I find something to take over and take the place and reprogram my brain to automatically think something good. You're safe, you're happy everything is working out well for you, you know, all of the the special moments. And, um, and another trigger right now is um, smells. Smells is a big trigger. So you have, if I smell alcohol and smoke on someone's breath, if they're too close to, they're trying to talk to me, like, you know, in a in a closed confined space <laughs> it's it's it immediately takes me back to my dad again because he smoked and he was an alcoholic so it takes me back to that place and and but but again i remember where i'm at today i've worked very very hard i'm 57 years old happy to say and i have been healing for 50 Two years started my healing process right around that time, so yeah, i'm but I do pretty good, but these are triggers, and these are how I get past them. I try and create more you know happy memories around it, and I try and um, learn and of course, listening to awesome podcasts like this teaches me so much. All you lovely ladies,, I love you
1: all, Diana, thank you for sharing. I love it. I love how um you change it right? Like, you know, like, it's almost like we have to, we can't just say, oh, it's not there anymore. We have to replace it. Um, I think that's with behaviors, but I think that's what triggers so that it's, it's replaceable, right? So it's not still stuck there and could come back anytime. Oh, no, no, I've changed you. You're not, I don't got room for you in my brain, in my space anymore, in my head. So bye-bye. I got something else going on. So, okay. Rhonda or Amber would like, one of you like to go next?
0: Well, I, don't, I, think, I think my triggers might be kind of common for, for a lot of us when I feel left out. Oh, snap, right? Like everybody, everybody, like seven billion people on planet Earth. Everybody got invited to the party, but me. Now, I'm an introvert, 99 times out of 100. I don't want to go to the party. I don't want to be around a bunch of people I don't know. But let me find out there's a party, and they specifically didn't include me. And I'm like, completely all right. I'm just going to say it how the kids say it: butt hurt. Just. And I have a thick skin, man. It takes a lot to hurt me. If you really want to hurt me, now I just let you know: have a party and don't include me. Second, um, when anybody tries to. Force me to do something I don't want to do. Oh, and I don't respond well to that. Like at, when somebody says, um, somebody recently said, Oh, I got us tickets to this thing. You have to understand it's outside, it's in the summer, it's hot, the sun, hate, 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 hate. There's probably bugs. I couldn't hate it more than I do. Oh, gosh. My this is my first response. Thank you so much for including me. That's so sweet. I you know it's kind of not my thing though. And then when they say, "But you have to go. It's going to be so much fun." Then I'm like, "No, um, it's no, it's really." N- I, take somebody who will love it. Somebody else will love it. Don't waste the ticket on me. When we get to time number five, this is what happened recently. You have to go. You must go. You don't know what you're missing. And, I, and I'm and in the meantime, I'm saying I've done it before. I've been there, hated it, suffered through it, swore to myself would never ever go again. You know, it's like a it's like an open air thing. You know, it's it's there's a lot of people. Oh, that's another trigger, by the way. Let me be in a giant group and I will age in dog years because I'm looking to see who's going to walk up behind me, who's going to grab me, who's going to touch me, who's going to accidentally run their, you know, uh, whatever into me, their um, stroller, whatever it is, I am on hyper vigilant alert. So. Anybody who wants to invite me to anything, if there are like a whole bunch of people. Now, if I'm the speaker at a whole bunch of people place, I go in the back door. I'm just fine. <laughs> Take me through the front door to where I'm just like surrounded. Not so good. Anyway, by time number five of saying, no, 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 I really don't. I finally just t- texted because this was a text thing. I just finally texted the word torture. IN ALL CAPS IT WOULD BE TORTURE FOR ME TO DO THIS AND I WANTED TO FOLLOW IT UP WITH THIS IS AWFUL FOR ME TO BE PUT IN A SITUATION WHERE SOMEBODY'S TRYING TO FORCE ME TO DO SOMETHING BECAUSE ALL OF US THE REASON WHY I'M GOING INTO THIS WHOLE THING IS I THINK THE 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 UNDERCURRENT AND I DON'T KNOW YOU'RE THE MENTAL HEALTH PROFESSIONAL AMBER FOR ME THE UNDERCURRENT OF CHILDHOOD TRAUMA IS SOMEBODY SOMEWHERE TOOK OUR CONTROL AWAY You know, Don, when your biological mother grabbed you out of the crib and ran, you had no control. You know, when my mother left me with a neighbor and didn't come back, I had no control. When we're too little and too vulnerable, we can't, you know, we can't run. We can't grab the keys to the car and drive away. We can't do anything. It's out of our control. So then when somebody tries to impose their agenda on us, I think we go right back into those old places. And for me, a lot of them, I think, Don, this goes back to you being grabbed out and, you know, run in the middle of the night or whatever it was. It those These things happened before we had words. These things happened to us before we were able to really put it into context, process it, ask any questions. So I call these primal wounds because we can't really even describe them properly because they happened when we didn't have language so oftentimes we feel alone we feel isolated we feel like nobody understands um, nobody will ever understand because we don't even understand it ourselves so how are we going to ever explain it to other people and then other people I want to say those I'm making air quotes, normal people, there's, you know, whatever normal is, but people who didn't come from childhood trauma, then look at us like, wow, I mean, when I texted, no, this would be torture for me to have to do this. Of course, this person got offended and got her feelings hurt. And she interpreted it like, you don't want to be with me. And I'm like, pick a restaurant where I could eat. You know, pick a place where there's a cookie. Pick a place <laughs> like there's. You know, just pick an indoor spot. You know, someplace with AC, air conditioning. But but don't put me outside in the sun. It has nothing to do with you. If in case what you're about, listening, what about the gym? I'm sorry. What about the gym? Oh yeah, there can't be a gym involved. No. Oh oh, Don, you know me so well. Yeah, there's no sweating. That's a
2: Diana thing.
0: Right? There's just no sweating involved. Diana, I will meet you after the gym at the place where we have, you know, coffee and cookies or something like that. That's my air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) So another trigger that I think for a lot of us, if we had food withheld, so when I'm, when I'm hungry and I don't have food, but that would never happen because I always have food with me. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, if I'm, if I'm in a situation where there's not food and I don't know when there's going to be food, uh, it's not good. So for those of us who had food withheld, um, just not looking around and not having it or knowing there's no food in the pantry or in the fridge or whatever, uh, you know, can be a, be an issue. So I think Don, I don't know if you want to talk more about triggers and then circle back around on how we handle them. Or if you want me to just talk about that now. Um, But Diana, I'm like you. I'll, ju- I'll just keep going because
3: I, well, exactly right. And I was like, hold on a minute. Cause I was talking about food right now. When you said food, I was like, hold, I am telling you my, uh, this is what happened. Really, I got, you know me, I gotta, I gotta jump in and say something. Well, my, my dad was, you know, he, he was very limited on the money he gave to my mom for food. So he was a firefighter and he would work 24, 48, 72 hours, sometimes 96 hours at a time. And we were just like, so it was okay if she would go to the grocery store, but we couldn't go out to like, I don't know, McDonald's or whatever. So what she would do, her trick, go to the grocery store and then she would write it for, you know, $25 over. At the grocery store how we do with the checks back in the day and that would um and then we'd have money and she would take us for a treat because she always would take us like because that was my mom's way of dealing with the fact that when dad was home it wasn't a great experience for the kids right so we would go to taco bell or you know pancake house or ihop whatever and um but the food thing in the fridge we wouldn't if we didn't have food in the fridge it was, that was normal for me at home. It was just very like a scarce type situation. So here in my fridge, I have food in my car. I have snacks in my, my bag with my computer. I have beef sticks. I have like things to eat to snack on because it has to be anyhow, that is all, but that is a huge trigger for me too. I'm glad you mentioned it. So Amber,
2: food is a huge trigger for me too. I was deprived of food um and I have to have food around or if it's hard to get or something that's that's a big trigger for me. And actually research says that and because I'm a research person on some of these that is one of the biggest triggers for all of us who've experienced childhood trauma. Um, Not everybody was deprived, but a majority, and they will see factors of that. And then here's the other thing, guys, is uh, maybe science says we should all eat three times a day and that's it, and maybe snack in between, is when we've had a lot of trauma, we actually need to have protein about every two hours uh, as a trust-based relational intervention practitioner. So uh, that's what I'm trained in. And they talk about that by researching children. Who've been traumatized is the the way our glycemic works is about every two hours water and protein because of the influences that trauma has had on our bodies. And so when we are naturally wanting that and consciously wanting that, I remind myself and give myself some grace because my parents used a lot of very degrading words towards me that this isn't unhealthy, this isn't bad, this is what my body needs, um, both for trauma and for health. So, I just said food's an important one and it is a big trigger for me.
1: I've ever on the thought of food. Can I share one for, my, for me too? Um, yeah. Not really food, but uh, well, no food. Um, so, I was never allowed to get into the refrigerator. Like, grandma, well, when I was younger, I don't even remember if I did or not. Um, my brother and I used to slap each other with the pickles, the long ones with the seeds. That was fun. But um, when I was 10 through 17, I wasn't allowed to get in the refrigerator at all. Um, we only were allowed to eat, what grandma put on her plate. And then we had to put our dish by the sink and that was it. And so for the longest time, and it still sometimes is weird for me, if I go to someone's house that I don't really know or I'm just meeting, I'll ask to go in their fridge and they'll look at me like, girl, go get yourself a drink. And I'm like, just thought I would ask, you know, and, I, and sometimes I go into, well, I wasn't allowed to when I was younger. Sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that today. I'll just say, thanks. Okay, I'll do it. Um, But it's really weird. When I first got on my own, I'm like, I can go to the fridge whenever I want. And I was like, this is exciting. And so then I would go grocery shopping and go, I want to eat all this food. But if I eat all this food, I will not have it. But so I would eat half of it, right? And then. So I I eventually stopped doing that, but it was, it was really weird. It's still kind of weird for me to go to someone's bridge to get something. Did you want to share any other triggers, Amber? Because I don't think you got a chance to do that.
2: I was going to say the food was one uh, feeling safe, you know, even if we're not, even if it is safe place, depending on who's there. And if I know them that, um, and that's another Word we use in TBRI is just the feel safe concept. Uh, you could be literally safe, but do I feel safe around these people? Uh, i if I don't know people or um, maybe it's somebody I do want to know, but it's still that that feel safe. Another big one for me is uh, being unnoticed. It's not necessarily that I have to be recognized for something, but just being ignored or unnoticed of work, uh, with my situation, I was isolated a lot in my home and, uh, put in a really isolated situation where I wasn't around people. And so if I'm somewhere and I go unnoticed or unvalued for whatever I'm doing, that is a big trigger for me, um, And because of that, though, on the flip side, I can also really want to do things independently. I don't like to be reliant on other people. And so if I have to rely on somebody else or get permission or do things through another, it can be kind of a trigger because there's that fear of, What if they say no, or what if it doesn't match what my need is, or what if I fail at doing this the right way that they want me to do it? And uh, that can trial just roll out into a lot of different things. And so because of that, I can become super independent, but because of that, I can become very lonely and isolated. So Oh, and my other one is sound. I was going to say sound. Uh, At the end, I can do great large sound and everything, but uh, Diana was saying this, I think, At the end of the day, I have to be, it has to be quiet. Um, There is always a lot of yelling and things going on. And so we're just very calm and very, so if I've heard the news all day, if my kids have been playing all day, if there's been a lot of chaos all day for me to re-regulate myself, I actually have to sit in silence or put headphones on or go outside to the water or something because it's just too much.
3: That's interesting because it's. It took me a long time to be able to have a silence, because I would, then mm-hmm. I was so used to the chaos that when it was silence, I was scared because one of the triggers, the the triggers really honestly was silence in my home. Like if I came home from school mm-hmm. and there was no TV on. I know my mom; she listened to TV twenty four seven. So when I come home, the TV is not on. I did something wrong or my sister did something wrong or somebody going to get, you know, a beaten, you know what I mean? Because we walk in and my dad's sitting at the edge of the counter. I can kind of see him as you walk in and he's smoking a cigarette and it's quiet. It's coming. Like you just know it's coming. So silence was very difficult for me. But if there's a stressful day going on currently and I'm, I need a little, you know, I need bubble bath. Give me, I can put on music I can sit with Netflix in the bathtub whatever you know and then I that's how I calm myself that's yeah that's another way yep
1: okay so thank you all for sharing and I hope as our listeners hear about this that if it resonates with you any of those um we're not gonna leave you hanging we're gonna give you some hopefully some coping skills probably the most from Amber because you know she's got all the initials there but um, we're all we're all grown and been around it for a little bit so hopefully we can um, just help you have some encouragement that even though it might be a lifelong thing that you have to deal with that you're not alone for one. two there is hope right 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 Amber there's always hope. Um,
0: yeah, and
1: but you have to do your part, you have to do the work, and it's hard and it's scary, but you need support. So, I want to encourage well, maybe Amber, you can talk a little bit about that too because of your initials as well. But having support, whether it's a therapist, or it's a friend, or a pastor, um, someone that you can go to to talk about things if you're going through them. So, we're gonna. Quick, kind of go if you guys can go through one, just one idea of something that you do when you are triggered. I think we kind of we kind of touched on it. Some of us said we go and have a quiet space, right? Go for a walk or put headphones on, right? Um, for me personally, I think because I numbed myself so long m- for so long that I need to journal. I need to journal it out, and then. When I'm journaling, how I'm journaling is I'm writing, okay, this is what happened. Is this a pit thought? Is this a true thought? And am Mm -hmm. I, am I, why am I upset? Am I, what kind of emotion am I feeling? Identify that emotion. And then going through and like rewriting it and finding out, okay, I am enough. That's not telling me I'm not enough. That person probably didn't even know. Um, And so just kind of journaling it through for me is huge. Um, because I numb myself for so long. And so, yeah, so that's my way of doing that. Um, Rhonda, do you want to go next?
0: Sure. Okay. So, um, my bit of super wise, very sage advice is ask for help. 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 So, and where I go for help when I need help, um, over the years, as you know, it's been a lot of years since since I was actually really and truly in real life in real time being uh, a victim of childhood trauma. But many many times in my life, uh, you know, I was uh, triggered or activated or whatever we want to call it. like something happened and I went right back to that place where. It was entirely outside of my control. There was nothing I could do about it. Something terribly unfair had happened or whatever. So I found that through my life, when I, when I get to those places, I do automatically, number one, I pray. I, I go straight to God. Uh, and, then I, and then I try to find somebody to talk to. And I've learned over the years, I don't want to go to a random therapist because, and and I don't mean any disrespect toward anybody, but I really mm-hmm. need to talk to somebody who has experienced childhood trauma themselves. I really don't want anybody to give me advice that they learned out of a book. I'm sorry, not trying to be mean or disrespectful, but it's just like, you know, I don't know, trying to describe what chocolate tastes like to somebody who's never had it. I, I just need to talk to somebody who has literally been there. Maybe not exactly what I've gone through, but pain is pain. And and for somebody who has done the work and worked through it, and they have a successful life, and success by success I mean healthy relationships, a sense of wellness peace, joy about them. So I'll just say, I'm just going to go ahead and put somebody on blast over here. The one I go to is Amber Jewell. Hi, my name is Amber Jewell. So Amber does all kinds of awesome things. It's, it doesn't it's not always therapy. Sometimes it's communications coaching. Sometimes it's really, sometimes it's listening and saying okay remember that you've lived through every single thing that you've ever gone through you're still alive you're still breathing you know whatever it is so so if you have a great friend if you have a good pastor if you have you know somebody that you can talk to who really understands and gets you great good for you if you don't call amber <laughs> that's my five cents
3: um no you know and you all know my story but um you know a lot of people here listening might not but um I find the wins right I find the wins out of every situation every bad memory that I've ever had I try and go back and I reprogram my mind into finding a win within that problem and one of the things and I won't tell the whole story but I'll give you the gist of it is when I'm 7 years old and I know that my dad is coming for me um and I'm going to be that I'm going to be I don't know. What do you call it? Resilient, resourceful. That's the one resourceful. I'm going to be resourceful and I'm going to find the way to foil the crime, if you will. So I have a bedroom that has these two doors when I'm a little girl. So when you come in one door, it'll hit the this little coat closet door and it hits that. I put a sparkless water bottle there and I Put the, the and the door will open and hit sparkless water bottle. I had these two big stuffed animals, a giraffe and a lion from Circus Circus that my grandparents got me. And I put those there. The purpose for all of these things was when he's coming for me and he's drunk, he comes through the door, he's tripping and falling. By the time he gets to me, I get to give myself permission to wake up and say, hey, dad, what's up? If I'm awake, he's not messing with me. Right. So that right there was a such a huge win in my tiny little seven year old mind. So I look at that as look at how resourceful I was. Look at how resilient I've become because I've learned those things. So anyhow, I find the little wins and I reprogram the little memories in there. So now I'm very proud of all the ways I've handled different situations through that time and and moving on from there and just applying that.
0: So
2: that's That's so good. What about yeah, you? I love that. Diana, that's right up what I was going to say. And uh, so I say it as um, it's okay to not be okay. And, and just sitting in that for a minute and giving ourselves the right and the grace to have big feelings, um, emotions, whatever. And myself, I, I go through this uh, through seasons of it and just being okay with that. And at the same time, remembering what we've conquered. And saying, I have not been okay before and I've made it through. Here's how I've done that. I've talked to somebody, I've had a listening voice. I was I journaled. That's how I wrote a book. It's because I was a journaler when I was younger. So using those things and saying, it's okay that I'm not okay for a little bit, but I'm still valuable and important. And I've been through this before. And then pulling back out those resources. And if I don't know, I might ask somebody else, like my husband or or one of you guys or a person in the communities.
0: That's awesome. So Dawn, you want to wrap us up, girl? I do.
1: Um, thank you guys for um, letting me kind of have a topic to talk about. I, um, I know it's kind of a heavy topic, but I felt like we, we just kind of took the heaviness out of it, right? We, took, we found the wins. We do the resources. We ask for help. We journal. Um, there's always a way out, is what I want to leave you guys with. There's always a way out.
2: We don't want to forget laughter. I have a cat like oh. meowing in the background, and I'm like, would you stop it? <laughs> and I'm just laughing in my head. And there's such great things in laughter. And we've giggled on here. I've been just watching Diana, and I see Rhonda, and I know you, Don. And I'm just like, there's just such beautiful things in each of you. And that laughter is beautiful thing. So making sure that we laugh, because trauma was not laughing, and we deserve every bit of it that we can get.
0: <laughs> oh that's
1: good. That's so good. Um I'm going to I'm going to pick on you for a minute, Diana. Can you really quick? I want to end with this because I love it like with your thing and then Ron's thing. Um last thing I want to say is you got to do the work. You can't just pass it up and think it's going to go away, think that you're not going to be triggered that if you ignore it 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 just won't happen. It will come up in a way that is um, very inconvenient, and you will not look like a a functional adult when it happens, and people will go, what in the world are you doing? And you'll be like, I don't know, because I'm ignoring everything. So something else that I want Diana to share is her four Fs. (laughs) I love my four Fs. Yes, yes. So, whenever you're having that
3: bad day or that stressful moment, I reach in for anyone or all of the four F's. So, I either reach out to family, I reach out to friends. I love the gym. So, I love fitness. So, it's get out for a walk. If you honestly, if you walked just 10 minutes around the block, it does wonders. It does all the the things that are supposed to go in your brain chemically, and it makes you happy. But my biggest one, and this is the one I've raised my children on, what Amber says is funny, laugh, I go for funny. I put on friends, I put on Mrs. Doubtfire, I put on anything that is funny, and whether I'm not feeling well, it puts you in such an amazing space because the second you laugh and your face smiles and you light up, the sun is out again, and the sun is—it's just sunshiny days. So that's that's my
0: four F's. I love that. Actually, you know what, Diana? I know that you're a woman of faith, so I think you actually have five F's. I think you have faith too. I do. I do.
3: I do. I actually first thing in the morning, honestly, I have I have a, a Bible app, and so there's plans on there, and so I pick a plan until I'm done. It's like seven days, three days, five days. Every morning, I read. I do my plan. That's how I start my day
0: awesome
1: so thank you for joining us at Successful Survivors by Survivors for Survivors and we can be found on pretty much everything right Spotify, YouTube um, all the things right and we're going to put a link in the notes right for them to to find and so um, come join us again and subscribe so that you won't miss and just have a great day and know that there's always hope and fun that will help you through anything